This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Balls and Strikes podcast is brought to you by Elkhorn Training Camp. Let's have some fun and play ball. Here's your host, Tom Oldham. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Balls and Strikes podcast. Uh, This is part three of our player development series. Uh, Looking back at parts one and two, we focused on a player's mindset and the importance of having a growth mindset. And in part two, we covered the importance of goal setting and introduced the stars, clouds, and dirt concept when developing longer and shorter term goals. Uh, Today we're diving into habits and we're going to be discussing how James Clear's book, uh, which is Atomic Habits, uh, recommends how we think about these habits. In my opinion, this is where the rubber really meets the road and it's easy to set goals or think of desired outcomes, but it's the daily habits that are more challenging to be consistent with. Uh, As James Clear suggests, habits are the compound interest of self-improvement or with the way we think about it, player development. Uh, Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Hale. Alex, how are you doing today? Always doing good, man. Always doing good. How are you? Doing good. Doing very good. Excited to get into this topic. I really, uh, really love this topic. I have a tendency to uh, talk probably more about this than players want me to talk about with them because it's so important. Um, And as we start, I think it's important to discuss what a habit actually is. Uh, So habits are defined as a way of behaving that is repeated so often it no longer involves conscious thought. And a habit might be a person brushing their teeth in the morning or tying their shoes before they walk out the door. Um, When we think about habits in terms of player development, it's critical to think about creating a system for uh, player development. And obviously, Alex, as you know, for us at DV, we refer to our system as pitchabilities. So I want to take a second and kind of talk about these four levels of pitchabilities because a lot of times when players or families or parents or um, coaches come to us and say, well, how do you develop pitchers? This is really how we do it. We do it through pitchabilities, and there's four levels. There's the foundational level, core level, advanced level, and elite level. And within each of those, what we're trying to get the player to understand is if you have a goal or a desired outcome – of throwing 90 miles an hour or whatever it may be. You can't just focus on that goal. You have to really focus on uh, what are your daily habits and what are you doing each day to set yourself up to ultimately get that desired outcome um, and not just focus on the, the desired outcome. So these, these four levels, we try to help the player understand that Uh, velocity and command are really at that advanced level. The top level is what we consider to be mindset, but the foundational and core level is all about uh, flexibility, mobility, stability, um, strength, speed, power, those things as being an athlete and moving very well, um, not just worrying about, oh, it's all about velocity. Um, So, I think it's important to understand that when we train players, we need to understand what their goals are or their visions or their desired outcomes. 
But what we try to do is we really try to work to improve their habits. And the majority of our time today, we're going to be really diving into uh, what James Clear considers identity-based habits. So what this means is when you're looking at creating behavioral change, at the center of it is really that identity. So for example, um, I want to identify as a collegiate pitcher, or even more specifically, I want to be a Friday night guy for a D1 program. And then you look at, at that as the center or the identity, and then you say, okay, are my daily habits setting, setting me up to eventually get that desired outcome? Um, for you, Alex, when, when you think about identity-based habits, what, is, what does that mean to you? I think when it comes to focusing on who you are as a, as a player, as a person, it, it simplifies everything. And whether it's your team, whether you're coaching a team and you say, we want to take care of the ball better, play better defense. Well, a lot of that can be summed up into, we need to play better catch. So if you can create that team identity of, we play good catch, we play perfect catch all the time when on a, in a controllable environment, that's going to translate to playing better defense and having you know, more success in the field, taking care of the ball as a player, you can go out and say, I want to, I want to hit 300, but what might be an easier goal or mindset is I'm the kind of guy who I hit every day and I hit whether it's 50 balls, 200 balls. Um, I am a guy who hits every day. This is a craft. This is how I work at it. And I let the results take care of themselves because I can't control so many different things, whether it's the pitcher I'm facing, the weather, the defense, uh, you know, how the, how the wind's blowing that day. It, it, it gets too much. There's too many things out of your control where if you can say, I'm going to hit every day, I'm going to groove my swing, you know, work on my balance. The rest of that stuff's going to start to take care of itself. And I think too many guys get caught up in the results and then just take breaks on, you know, the work. And that's really that creating the identity of this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And then the results take care of themselves. And that can be easy or very difficult to understand depending on how you view it. But as a player, it's one of those ways you can kind of keep your sanity and you got to be able to say, okay, I can't control this, this, and this, but I can control this. And that's what I need to focus on. That needs to be my number one. So from there, I think that really builds the foundation as we were just talking about for everything else. And you don't really need to get ahead of it until you get that, whether it's how you eat, sleep, work out, recover, um, you know, what you do in your free time to make sure that you're doing the right things to be ready to do your main things the next day. So I, I love that. And, and I feel sometimes, and let's go back to your first example of playing perfect catch. I feel sometimes for players, it's so simple that they don't realize the importance of that <laughs> where it's, Oh, I need to play perfect catch. Obviously I don't want to drop the ball and I want to make a good throw to my throwing partner, whomever that may, may be. But one of the things that I think it's important for players to understand is you first have to establish the habits before habits can be optimized. And I think players try to jump towards, okay, yeah, Alex, I get it. Great. Now, what else? What else do I need to right. do? And, right. and a lot of times it's going back to 
those simple approaches and those habits and really it's your system of playing catch that you've created with your teams and with your players that allows them to reach their goals because like you said it just kind of takes care of itself 100 percent, 100 percent. we know on our team if we can if we can score more than three we're going to win the vast majority of our games because we play defense because we can pick it i mean we played tournaments where we'll we'll give up five runs the whole tournament and it's because of taking care of the ball. It's because our pitchers throw more strikes. It's because we're able to take more chances, whether it's back picks, throwing behind runners uh, on relays and tags. We're able to do a lot more things because we play such a good catch. And it, like you said, it, it, kids can take it for granted. But that, and that's not their fault in a lot of ways because that's how they've been brought up with, oh, just go get loose, you know, until, <laughs> until they get to, whether it's college or on my team where, this is going to be the most important thing we do every day. So you better lock in. And if it, we need to take 30 to 45 minutes on it the first day, we're going to because this is how it has to be done. Because all of the other headaches are going to be prevented by doing this every day. And whether it's moving your feet, like you want to hit your partner in the chest, but if you're the partner, if he's not going to hit you in the chest, you need to move towards the ball, have your, your feet being active. Um, both your hands active, you know, getting your feet underneath you, not rushing your throws, learning where you need to be to get your, to keep your fundamentals sound when things get going faster and faster, when you get a little tired, when it gets a little hot, because that's what you're going to fall back on is your, is your habits. And I think that's the big thing for guys to not get in a hurry to, okay, I get that. I want to throw, but I want to throw harder. I want to do this. Okay. Well, long toss more routinely play better catch you know, make your mechanics more efficient by doing this more. And then the rest is going to start to build on itself. So I get kids get, you know, impatient sometimes. And I get that. And that's not their fault. That's just, you know, being a kid. Um, but once you can get them to understand their performance is going to be the byproduct of, of their behaviors and habits, I think it gets a lot more simple. Yeah. I, I love that example just because I think it connects with everybody. Obviously in the game of baseball, you need to be able to catch and throw, well, you need to be able to pick it if you're a middle infielder, throw strikes if you're a pitcher. I think that resonates with everybody. And one of the things when I explain this to players and coaches, I explain it in terms of creating self-sufficient players, meaning yep. there are so many things going on at any given point in time in a game, players need to be self-sufficient. They can't be told every little thing that they have to do. There needs to be expectations set, you know, for the team. In this specific example, it's, you know, we play perfect catch. Um, but, you know, there's a, a million other examples. So when I talk about habits, creating a system, which is really just a collection of habits, it's from an application standpoint, think about it this way. If someone were to come and watch you practice or play, what would they say? And that's, yes. that's, I think, a way to connect players to, oh, everything that I do on the baseball field is really a collection of habits, how I prepared to show up to the game, how I, uh, you know, got ready before pregame, how I, you know, showed up to my position. All of those things are really a, a, a collection of those habits. And if you look at it in terms of how somebody – um, if, if they were to come and watch you play, what would they say? Then you can start to get into a little bit more of, well, are your habits effective? Like, do you have good habits or do you have bad <laughs> habits? And 
with that, we're going to dive a little bit into this this habit loop, which is obviously trying to have behavior change in terms of moving from a bad habit to a good habit, or if you have a good habit, moving it to a great habit, where you have, with this loop, there's really three parts. There's the trigger, the routine, and then the reward. So the trigger is something that signals you into making uh, basically a, a, a prediction of what's going to happen, okay, or how you want to show up. Then your routine is really the process of that habit, and then the re- reward is, oh, I did this, and this was the outcome. It was positive, so I want to continue this. And rather than going really deep into the process of the habit, one of the things that I have found really helps is identifying the triggers, so what I mean by this is, for example, when I was pitching, the, the chalk line was a trigger in terms of whenever I crossed the white line, that was the trigger in terms of, okay, now I'm locked in. And I'm, I want to demonstrate that I'm, that I'm locked in. So everything that I did on the mound, the way that I reacted to what the hitters did or how I was pitching was all predicated on that trigger where that was something that is consistent and it puts me right into that zone. Um, were there any triggers that, that you had as a player? Um, I definitely said like coming out of the dugout was always like, as soon as I got out of the dugout and whenever I was on a field, I think I always thought of it as this is a time to, I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean, it was time to show off. Yep. Like this is time to show what we can do. And so whether it was practice or a game, it didn't matter because as soon as I stepped on the field, as soon as I stepped out of the dugout, even if I was out there by myself, I always played like somebody was watching, somebody who was going to tell you know somebody else who's going to tell somebody else, and that was going to be my reputation as a player. Anytime I was at a batting cage on a field, you know what are they going to say about me? Um, but not only that, is I wanted to make sure I was holding myself accountable, and that was just something that I always did. Um, I was always excited to play. And I think coaches, when they come see guys, especially for recruiting, nobody wants a kid who's unenthusiastic. Nobody who wants a guy who doesn't feel like hustling, who wants to look cool and thinks like jogging slowly or walking out makes them above their peers or above their teammates. It's like, watch the guys who are successful. They're doing, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. They're doing things their way, the right way. And that's contagious to usually the rest of the team because usually if your better players are doing it everybody else is going to fall in line but I think for me the trigger was always as soon as I stepped out of the dugout whether I was catching I was I always dead sprinted to home like that became my thing and it was like man you're flying out there all the time and I'm like well it feels like it should be I should be the first one out here because everybody's looking at me I'm you know directing traffic I'm the kind of the the guy who's in charge of what's going on get the umpire behind me make sure the pitcher knows I'm there for him and then as a pitcher I wanted my catcher out there too. And so this is kind of one of those things like I was always picky about my catchers um, and how they did things. Cause it was like, I knew how I had been trying to do it for, you know, up, up to my sophomore year of college. And it was like, that's the same, you know, I, I was doing it for a reason, I guess. Absolutely. And it was just creating that reassurance. Cause when you get on the mound, it's a whole lot different. Your, your thoughts can get going faster or slower. And when you have a catcher who can recognize that and is paying attention they can slow you down, speed you up, you know, motivate you a little bit when, when you need to kind of, whether it's firing the ball back at you, getting on you a little bit, 
or you know being your your psychologist out there and telling you hey you know everything's gonna be okay we can or we'll get your mind off we're gonna get snow cones after the game whatever it is you know sometimes the conversations on the mound aren't exactly what people think they might be right and that's uh but that's one of those things about knowing your pitcher you know what do you say to a pitcher after he gives up a home run you know come out there and telling him it's going to be okay isn't necessarily what, what he wants to hear maybe just the elephant in the room holy cow he hit that ball mild like it's still hasn't landed yet just get him to laugh a little bit getting him out of his own head that can be the catcher's job so I think when you get everybody locked in on the same wavelength of the same page of, you know, being a hundred percent all in for two to three seconds at a time, then you kind of start to have success on the field, success in practice. And that's when team, the team really starts to gel is they start to rely on one another a little bit. Absolutely. And that trigger of you sprinting out of the dugout to get behind the plate. I mean, that's in and of itself, not that, big of a deal or hard to do right but when you when you do it consistently game after game day after day that's why we talk about these habits being the compound interest of player development because over time that that trigger then becomes a habit and Mm -hmm. it's like we've said based on your identity as the person that is going to be directing the team. That's the leader on the field. And that's why it's, that's why it's so important, but it's not where, Oh yeah, I I did this, you know, three days ago and then I'll maybe do it tomorrow. I'm a little tired today. It's you're doing it every single time. Every time. And you don't even have to think about it. No. I just remember I was, you take a step towards the edge of the dugout. It's kind of like a deep breath and then start to kind of lean forward. I still can picture it. And you just, take off and it was like if i can do it there's no reason everybody else can't do it because i'm full gear it's 100 degrees outside it's my second or third game of the day but every inning that's what i did and so you know you know (laughs) whether i was as talented as everybody or not that was something i could control absolutely and and with that you know a lot of a lot of players have questions in terms of the recruiting process how to get noticed how to be seen all those sorts of things and this is where I go to when those conversations come up because I think players hear a lot of times that, you know, uh, scouts or recruiting coordinators are always watching and they truly are. And for players to understand and how to, um, you know, apply this into a, uh, an actual setting is think about the way that you get out of your car. Think about the way that you're walking to the field or, you know, to the training center or whatever you're doing as it relates to you trying to be seen as a leader, as somebody who could provide value for that coach's team. I don't think players are understanding that there are triggers in an, of getting out of a vehicle or walking to the park or putting your cleats on or how you're interacting in the dugout. Um, you know, I think, I think when we're talking about this topic of habits, I don't want players to think it's all just about on game perform or on the field performance. This is identify those triggers so that your on the field performance becomes almost the easiest part of, of what you're doing. Um, and you really are not afforded the opportunity to take any time off in terms of, the way that you're thinking about setting up these systems for, for your development. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the, when, when we talk about these, these habits and 
you know, the habit loop and, you know, getting better each day. If a player were to come to you to say, um, you know, next year I have a goal of being a starting pitcher in high school and I want to help our team uh, get to, uh, you know, the state tournament. Talk, let, let's talk a little bit about how we would approach that conversation with, with a player. And this could be, you know, being a starting pitcher on the high school team. This could be, you know, I want to get onto, uh, you know, being a starting pitcher in college, whatever level that may be. How, how would you start that conversation? Uh, well, I think, I think you start with where, so where were you last year? And that kind of starts the foundation of, it, it, and it frames the conversation because usually it's going to be, obviously I wasn't a starting pitcher before. And so, my next question would be, so what do you feel like you need to do in order to get to that starting pitcher status? Like, do you need to improve your command, your velocity, your breaking ball, uh, pitching from the stretch, your stamina, you know, do you need to get more physical? And they're going to kind of start to piece that together for you. And then my next question is, so what are we doing today to get us closer to that? And then what are we going to do tomorrow? Because you want to focus on next season because everybody gets real Everybody gets real uh, focused on next season when the season itself is starting to not go the way they wanted to or starting to wind yep. down. They start thinking about next year. And I'm like, well, okay, well, let's start that today. Let's not get, you know, we don't want to cram for this test. We want to make sure we are locked in for the long haul. And that starts with what can I improve today? Cause it's going to be wa- drops of water in, in a big bucket. And if you stop, then all of a sudden that's going to start to evaporate. Right. Yeah, and, and Alex, I want to stop you right there because this is why this is the third part of this series where we started with, you know, a player's mindset and having a growth mindset, going to goal setting, uh, setting that direction, identifying your desired outcome. This is why we're, we're focusing on habits now because this is really talking about, okay, great, we have those desired outcomes. Now, what are we doing day in and day out so that you – are naturally moving in the direction of, of reaching your goals as opposed to, like you said, cramming for the test or, you know, trying to get in a, an off season's worth of, of training in two weeks before tryouts. Um, right. That, that sort of a thing. And when we, when you have these conversations with, with players, when, when we're talking about identities, what are some of the identities you, you mentioned earlier, you know, as a team, we play perfect catch. What are some of these other identities that uh, players could resonate with? Um, I think as a hitter, I always think back to Justin Upton when I was in high school. Um, he They would house a family in the summer in the Coastal Plains League, and so I got to go play out there. And um, he got picked number one overall. And he came and worked out with us that whole summer. And when we asked him about it, we we're like, why are you working out with us, man? You know, I was like college freshman. It was an older players league, but – um, he said, well, you know, my agent just said he was going to handle all that, the signing stuff. And so he just told me to go work out. And so that's why I'm here. And we were like that all the signing stuff and the kid was going to sign for like $6 million, but that wasn't his focus. His focus was on what he needed to do that day. And it was because he took, since he was a little kid, 200 swings a day with him and his brothers, dad had him take 200 swings every day. And he's like, some days, you know, you're a kid, like you don't want to, he's like, so we would bunt 200 balls or we would hit. We would swing at all 200 pitches and he goes, but I, but funny enough, he was like, we learned what we couldn't, couldn't hit by doing that. Cause he's like, it's not every day when you feel like it. it's holidays, birthdays, <laughs> weekends. He's like, it was every day. And then when you look at his swing, 
how efficient it was and how the ball jumped and it was tiny tiny improvements over hours and hours and hours over days weeks of his life yeah. and so when we talk to players it's are you how are you hitting every day are you trying to if you're trying to be a hitter you need to hit because hitters hit yep and you need to be as ready as you can every game to do that you don't want to go into a game trying to find your timing or find your swing you need to figure that stuff out now or start building towards figuring it out now because the later we get those are opportunities lost absolutely and such a great example where the identity is well i'm a hitter okay well if you are if you identify as a hitter guess what every day you should be hitting and that's where we talked about earlier about habits have to be established before they're optimized it it'll go into okay yeah well i'm i'm hitting and now i want to you know get this exit velocity or get this number or something like that well let's just let's focus on hitting every day first and then we can talk about improving over time but we first have to establish that habit or that system of getting in into the cage or whatever it may be um day in and, I usually, and day out i use the example for our guys i'll tell them i was like take 10 swings every day and they're like just 10 and i go no take 10 swings every day because you usually take more but it's like if you can until you see what that's like to actually okay I, I i haven't hit yet today like those are the days when you can't skip yep and all it is is 10 swings so how do you navigate your schedule in your day how do you navigate you know what you need to get done to make that happen before you start worrying about trying to get 200 swings a day you know you don't need to jump to that right away it's when well i, I was trying to get back in shape six years ago i was like i'm gonna go touch the door and now you always use the touch the door example i said i can go touch the door every day so i'll go to the gym and if i touch the door and i want to leave that's fine but i gotta touch the door and i would always go in and i would always lift and usually those were the days you had better workouts but they're just knowing in my mind where I don't have to work out today. I don't have to build it up into this big thing. I'm just going to go touch the door. And then if I still don't want to work out, that's fine. I can go. And ironically enough, that actually really changed how I look at building my habits on, on myself. So. No, I think that's great. I, I think that's great. And players, I hope you recognize that when we're talking about, uh, you know, these habits is uh, this third part of the player development series, there are no shortcuts here. I mean, this is really a, a situation where you have to understand where you want to get as a player and what, how you want uh, your identity to be seen in terms of how you show up to the field, how you show up to training, uh, what do you want to identify with as a player. And then you can identify uh, or, or build your system of habits around that. Um, Alex, anything in closing, uh, that you, that you want to make sure that we, that we cover? Well, I think what you, what you said was spot on. It, it's a, the product on the field and everything you, you are striving to achieve is going to be based on your habits. Um, while we were doing this podcast, my players just came and got the balls out of the buck, out of the truck and they're going down to hit because I said, Hey guys, I got to do this podcast. I don't, you know, I might be done at one forty-five. We play at three and they're like, okay. Well, can we get the balls? Cause we always hit an hour and a half before it's currently 97 degrees outside with 115 heat index. And they're still going to make sure they get down there because that's just how we do things. Love it. And it's not by accident. If it's, if we have an 8am game, that stinks, man. We're going to make sure we get breakfast at the hotel as soon as they open. And we are going to be here as soon as we can. 
And as soon as they'll let us in the, in the gates, we're going to get here. And those are the things that you can, you don't really necessarily think make a big deal, but when you get to a certain level, especially at our level, it's all the teams are there. All the teams are there an hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes early. And usually the teams who aren't playing at that level are the ones coming in later because they, they need more sleep Yep. or they, but it's really that they don't want to get to bed early enough. And so the things you do and the things you do every day are going to be the things that build and become what kind of player you are. And unfortunately there's no shortcuts. Yep. That's also why I don't have any sympathy for, for guys who want to take shortcuts or who, you know, don't do all the work when they're younger or they slack off or they think they're getting away with it because you can't make up for it later. And if you're a player who's doing the right things all the time, that stuff is going to benefit you down the road. If you're the guy who always touches the line, if you're the guy who always go, gives everything they have when they're working out and their conditioning and their practices, that builds every day. And that makes a huge difference, especially when you get to that, that your junior, senior year of high school and into college. It really just kind of it takes off and how big of a difference it makes. So if you're doing that, I hope you keep doing that. Yeah. If you're not, it might be too late, but you need to start finding out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So well said. And players, we talked about on uh, episode two, uh, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. That was really on creating a growth mindset. Uh, A book that I would strongly recommend related to this topic is Atomic Habits by James Clear. A lot of these concepts that we talked about are ones that he dives very deep into uh, in his book. Definitely recommend it. Alex, good luck today. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we'll see everybody on the next episode. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.